welcome back to Pastor Plex Podcast. So glad that all of you are joining us from around the globe. We welcome our listeners from everywhere from Argentina to Germany to South Africa. So glad all of you guys are tuning in. Uh, this is an incredible experience for me, uh, and I'm so grateful that you are here. And with me in studio, once again, is Jacob Lalden, Wells Branch Church Superstar Intern. How are you, Jacob? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Chris? I'm excellent. Thank you for asking. Uh, we're going to talk, uh, we got some sort of like ask me anything type questions. And so we're just going to roll through these. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about generosity. <clears throat> and uh, this was an interesting sort of thing. Uh, and the question was like, why do we resist generosity? And I brought up three reasons why. One is we, uh, was, that, was that the generosity one? No, I think that would. Let me see. Hold on. Hold on. That wasn't it. I think that was Thanksgiving back. That was Thanksgiving back. I was on the wrong one. That happens every now and then. Let me pull up my resist here. Um, we resist generosity uh, for three reasons. And it is primarily, uh, we don't remember God's generosity. Mm. We don't remember the church's generosity. And we haven't experienced generosity. So that, that's really where that comes from. And so uh, what was interesting uh, that this, when we did our Thanksgiving back uh, a couple weeks ago, what was really beautiful about that is that our church has given about $18,000 in the past uh, week or so to really uh, replenish our benevolence fund. And I'm so grateful to Aaron Swanlin for managing that for us. And one of the things that Aaron did, and this is sort of weird, I don't know if you have your money on you. But yeah, uh, he gave a, he gave each of us $300. And this wasn't like $300 from the... Uh, a benevolence benevolence fund. fund. This was like $300 of his own money. I think it ended up being like two, over $2,000. Yeah. And uh, so I got my 300 And he challenged us to, uh, which is sort of wild. He challenged us to find somebody that was in need and to bless them. And so I can't wait to report to you what it is that uh, Jacob, Cody, me, Adrian, Nicole, Melanie, and Aaron are all going to be doing with our uh, 300. Uh, but that's sort of wild. Uh, I, I think that's an exciting thing to kind of just look around and say, like, here's an opportunity to bless somebody. And he, I mean, like, you know, he could do anything with that money. And he chose to, like, uh, give, it to, give it away to us so that we could give away to others. And that is a huge blessing. Have you thought about how you're going to give this money away? You know, I have. And the first thing that comes to mind are those closest to me who are struggling uh, to pay their rent. They're going through a divorce or whatever <clears throat> yeah. it may be. Um, so that's on my heart, but I really just want to take a day to go out into the community. Yeah. Um, like here in, in, in our Wells branch community and just see what's going on. Yeah. Well, I, maybe we, you know, one of the fun, my favorite things to do back in the day was just take money next door and, uh, just knock on doors and be like, Hey, what's going on? Can we pray for you? And if there's any financial needs, be able to bless them right there. That's always a fun one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 love I, I, always, doors. I get totally into all that and just kind of, you know, meeting people right where they're at. So, um, yeah. And, and here's a question that sort of came in based upon our Thanksgiving back sermon, uh, where we challenge people to give. It's this one. I've heard it suggested, although generosity of the Jerusalem church was beautiful, it was both unwise <laughs> and disobedient. Perhaps they were so poor because they had a bunch of out-of-town believers who were busy hanging out instead of going home to fulfill the Great Commission. And then later in Acts and the epistles, we see other people constantly having to support the Jerusalem church because they sold all their means of subsistence. What do you think of this interpretation? Uh, my unfiltered uh, response to that interpretation, that's just dumb. Uh, and here's why. Uh, can I just be an unfiltered person right now? I love it. Here's why that's dumb. 
You don't ever see anywhere anyone rebuking anyone for their inability to work. In fact, people were motivated um, by the Holy Spirit to give. And so all, although the day of Pentecost did have people from all over the globe coming to Jerusalem, <clears throat> receiving the Holy Spirit, I mean, and they're, you know, all experience this great life transformation and they're following the spirit in that moment. I mean, they probably needed to glean from God what he wanted them to teach. And eventually they probably all eventually went home. Now, the reason there was a famine or the reason why there was um, lack or they didn't have enough money that the Jerusalem church was poor was because of a, a worldwide famine at the time. That, and I guess worldwide, a localized worldwide famine that everybody was struggling with. And... Um, meaning that the church was struggling because there wasn't food for anybody. And so uh, not only was the church struggling, but everybody else was struggling as well. And so I, I feel like that's a little bit harsh on the disciples and on the uh, Christians. Now, I do think that the apostles were disobedient in a sense that they did not go globally to spread the gospel, that they had to wait till persecution happened. But even then, I mean, that's just such a... I don't know, a guess, because God's sovereign will happen. It's not like God was like, gosh, dang it, these people are not getting out there. What is wrong with them? Uh, right, that, that, that's not what happened. And so um, I just think when you start getting into, it's like trying to be a, a fruit inspector of, of other believers, be like, you know, oh, you're in sin. Well, you don't know that. I mean, why would you, as Romans 14 says, why would you judge another servant it's it's to that to their own god that they're on matters that are not of um clear scriptural sin like why are you judging someone based on how they're living their life so anyway that's how i take that your thoughts yeah so something that you had mentioned earlier is like they didn't have a bible back then yeah like, like this was all of uh, the scripture that they got and they craved it. They wanted God's yeah. word. And so they hung out right. at the temple. You yeah, know? they were sharing They were sharing meal, but they were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. And this, <clears throat> this is where, let's get back to Mary and Martha for a second. So yeah. Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. Martha was working, uh, making sure that Jesus had food and was provided for. And she gets angry at Jesus saying, why aren't you making Mary help me? And I think that's how this person, whoever has this interpretation kind of has this, they're kind of like the, the miserly, angry religious person doing drive-by guiltings. You're not doing enough for Jesus. Look what Jesus did for you. And you're like, oh man, you're missing out on grace. When you sort of get angry at everybody else for not doing what God's called you to do, and you hear that when you start getting angry at everyone else for not doing what God has called you to do, then there's probably an issue of your heart. And so I feel like whoever has that interpretation is sort of blinded by their own sort of um, legalistic sort of viewpoint and not really wrapping their head around the grace of God. Yeah. And, and something that I love is that as we spend more time with Jesus, like, he calls us his his friend. Like he yeah. wants us to spend time with him and yeah. and be with him. And as we see Aaron, uh, just spending time with God as as he's looking to uh, uh, bless the a community as as he's asking God, God, give me a wisdom to uh, spend and spread your money well. Yeah. Um, through his time with the Lord, right? You see how he's changed to take a, 
his own money and 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 just give it to the staff here and be like, hey, now y'all go and continue to bless even more people. I love it. it. That to me is just such a huge blessing. It's so cool and it's it's what God is doing, and so we rejoice in that. We really do, and um, I think that there's a real great joy in that. All right, so let's talk real quick. Um, beyond generosity, let's get to generosity, and then also we have the issue of. I call it generosity and gender dressing. Okay, here we go. Uh, This is for men, married or not. Because of the way ladies tend to dress today, there's a constant battle to keep our eyes off of them to varying degrees. How do you communicate the fight that we have as men to the women so that church doesn't have to be another battleground? Now, I love this question. And I'm going to challenge the person who asked it. Because there's a whole bunch of temptations that I don't have that I can be around and I don't even know. So for example, uh, I can go into a bar and not think about, I need to drink the entire place. You know, I need to get drunk. I have, there's like zero temptation for me. Now there's all these bottles of beer with all the, all this liquor. That's like, you know, oh, wow, come and drink me with all the, you know, I don't know. It, zero temptation. I like, there's not a part of me. that's like, man, I need a beer. Um, there is, Okay, when I walk into, if, if I ever go to a, like a, a car dealership, I'm not lusting over the cars. I can need that car, right? Now, there are places where like, I'm not going to go. I'm definitely not going to go to a strip club because that's just going to be a place where <laughs> like, right? But so what I, what I guess what I'm saying is like at church or in public, okay, let's just go in public. So what do you want, what do you want people at church to do? You want me to say, hey, listen, dress code here, ladies, you need to cover up. And they are the very person that needs to hear the gospel uh, because there's other Christians here that have problems with their lack of modesty. And so that that creates a problem in and of itself where you become more concerned with dress code than concerned with the gospel getting out. And so, I, I you know, and it, it's like, here's the just the reality that... I, I'm a guy like anybody else. And so this past Sunday, I didn't notice anything in particular as far as women dressing or whatever, or any Sundays in general. Um, and so I think that's the the hard part is what makes something like sexually, um, uh, I don't know, uh, tempting. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah. And like, I mean, it's kind of tough in this day and age. Like, are we all just going to wear like long sun dresses and like a baggy clothes and like a sweaters <laughs> so that... There's no outlines or anything like it's it's uh yeah so it is on us like as men to right. uh y- you know be careful of what our eyes see yeah and I guess it goes like stop being a victim I I, I hate this man I'm, do I sound so judgy like instead of judging women for what they're dressing stop being a victim and don't look okay that that sounds so like um I don't know holier than thou. But at, this, at the same time, do you really want somebody like, you know, scolding people for the way that they're dressing that to one person is sexually um, attractive and to another person is just like someone wearing clothes? I mean, if you go to the gym, women are wearing bras basically to work out it. I mean, it, it's just what it is. And so if you have never seen that and you've never been exposed to that, then you're just going to stare at them. Or if you're like, oh, that's just what people wear, I'm going to intentionally choose not to look. So in other words, when I go to the gym, I know that there are going to be women that are half-dressed and their whole point of not wearing clothes is to lure me in because they, they 
they're working their body out so they might be attractive so that somebody might look at them. So of course that's what they're doing. So I can either A, go, I'm not going to go to the gym anymore and I'm a victim because, or I can train myself not to look. And, I, and again, I don't want to come off too harsh, but I think the, when we start blaming the rest of the world for our own temptations, then we're missing out that God has given us the ability to overcome every temptation, that Jesus was tempted in every, every way yet without sin. And Jesus uh, wasn't going around telling everybody, hey, please, Please don't, um, don't uh, drink in front of me. Don't wear, you know, he hung out with prostitutes. What were they wearing? Yeah, I think that that's a really good point. And like, you know, we should be the same person as a Christian in the church as we are in the gym. Right. And, you know, it's, we're not just going to like train ourselves and like white knuckle it and just never look and just, stare straight forward the whole time or stare at our toes or stare at the ceiling. But he did say like, like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you power over these uh, temptations. Like nothing is going to overcome you. That's not common to man. And I, yep. you better believe that this is common to man. Yeah. So I, I, I so God work through I would you. love to, you know, this is where it's like, uh, I would love to know who this person was talking about. Uh, but I'm, I'm not going to, uh, but it, cause it's interesting to kind of go like, who, who, who was the person that they were like stumbling over? And then what does that reveal about their heart? Uh, I mm. just, I feel like that's the struggle here is that we sometimes we, we victimize ourselves, and we, we, our whole culture does this. So I don't blame you. I, there's, you know, again, I don't want to, I'm, I'm calling you to be a man, I guess is what I'm doing. Uh, if you're if you're so worried about what other women are wearing to bring you down, you're not putting your your helmet of salvation on. You're not focused on who God is because at any moment somebody like comes up sh- shows up to you and says, um, uh, I, "You know, I'm I'm going to be." Because I mean, of course, women of of non Christians and maybe immature Christians, they're going to attempt to lure you. It's it, it's just as men do probably the same way. And so I, I think that's the struggle is if you're, if you're just a victim to the culture, then, you know, you need to go be a monk. Uh, otherwise, engage culture, engage your soul, have the gospel prayed over you, have accountability. And if you need to, stare at your shoes, I guess, I guess. Or, sure. you know, like, this is where, like, you know, just practice not looking. And for a while, you're like, there she is, there she is, there she is, there she is. I'm not going to look, I'm not going to look, I'm not going to look, I'm not going to look. And then the more that you sort of you sort of do it and you train yourself that you're not going to look, then eventually my hope would be is that you would just not look. Um, and that I know that's like so hard to believe, but that can happen. And I think it's 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 kind of like you were saying earlier, like well in a, a different podcast. But yeah. the more time you spend with Jesus, the more time you will want to spend with Jesus. And the more time that you spend not looking, the right. more time that you're going to want to spend not looking. Like right. that's success right there. If 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 you know when you walk through the aisle at HEB or the gym or the church and you don't look. Yeah. And it's going to build. It's going to build. So yeah, and, and I I feel like Man, I don't want to hammer this person, and I feel like I'm kind of just beating them down. <laughs> we but, love you so much. Yeah, we We're love so you. I, I do. I do love you. I'm so glad you asked this question uh, because it reveals just kind of where you're at. It's just like it's um, you're at a place where um, you see your sin is not your fault, and I need you to take responsibility for that as your pastor. And if you know, again, I don't know who you are, but as your pastor, I'd say it's time to be a man own your sin, confess it, 
confess it to another brother. Uh, James 5.16 says, confess your sins one to another and pray for each other that you may be healed. <clears throat> so you, there's healing. But the problem is if you're, if you're only texting that into a podcast, blaming the women for, the, for your sin, it, you've, you're now just like Adam in the garden. It's not my fault. She made me do it. That's what, I mean, honestly, if you read the question, it's exactly what you just said. It's not my fault. She made me do it. How do you communicate the fight that we as men have to women so the church doesn't have to be another battleground? You have created the church to be a battleground. Like to me, I, I look at people, especially if a, if a woman is dressing as in, in a way to be seen, you should pity her. Like there mm -hmm. should be a real sense of like, oh man, she is in so need of attention that she's dressing to so draw me in that she definitely needs the gospel. There should be no, okay, granted, we should be mature enough to see there's nothing sexual about that. There's something really sad about that. And she's exactly where she needs to be. Isn't that true? Wouldn't you want a prostitute in here? I mean, at our church, we have prostitutes prostitutes, we have strippers. And so they're not coming in with like a decorum of like, this is how I should be dressed, which, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, like from out of time, you're like, man, I need to be at that church. <laughs> the, the reality is it's, it's like, that's sort of the reality that we're facing here is like, why do we want to put on some, someone, something that they may not have the capacity to even understand you need to dress right so that those Christians don't, aren't tempted by you, you Jezebel or we look at people like that and say, I'm so glad you're here. The gospel is for you. Do you know that Jesus came and he died on the cross for you and he rose to death and he loves you just the way you are. There's no amount of attention you need to garner from other men to find your approval. There's no amount of um, being something or someone that you could sort of fill the mold of, of expectation of that um, you are not what you outwardly appear. And that great joy will fill their heart. And then all of a sudden, there, there's not a great need to go around showing off chest or legs or whatever midriff uh, or whatever the thing is. Uh, and, I, and, and I think that's, that's the beauty of this. So any other thoughts on that? No, I love that point. I love that point. It's time to, it's time to step up. Uh, be men. And be men. Yeah. Confess our sin. Yeah. And I, change it. Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like, yeah, I feel like if we could just do that, we could really... Um, Again, when you, when you, cause anytime you put a woman, it's like her fault. And I think that's what's wrong with marriages. It's her fault. And man, who, who is God looking to, to lead this family? Is he looking to your wife to do it right? So that you can finally lead her now that she's doing the right things. Or is he calling you to use your position and influential leadership to bring her, to make her like the bride of Christ. And then if you can't submit to God by keeping your eyes on the prize, Jesus, as opposed on to another woman, then how is she supposed to submit to you? And I don't, again, I don't know if this is uh, if this is a married person asking this question, but uh, that that would be my sort of like counsel. Or and I know it's just a little, it comes off a little harsh, but I just I just want you to to know that you're loved, and I'm, my challenge for you is out of love, and that um, I'm really grateful that you asked this question. So please, please keep bringing those questions. We love all those questions. Yeah, and I just want to and encourage you as, as well, like as men, yeah, this is something that most men have have dealt with and Absolutely. had to walk through in their life, and there is hope. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Like there will be a day mm -hmm. if you just keep on pursuing Christ and spending time with Christ. Yep. You'll just you'll walk into church and it'll be the last thing that you notice. And you'll just be so happy to be surrounded right. by people who want Jesus. Yeah. So I guess that, that's a great point. I guess the first challenge I would say, like how much time are you spending in prayer? And usually people that, and again, usually when people start pointing out other people's sin, 
it's because they've spent so little time under the gospel themselves. That's good. Anytime you're pointing out somebody else's sin because, you know, or, or the temptation they're bringing to you and you're a victim of it, it shows you that you haven't fully realized that you have everything completely in Jesus Christ. Mm. His death, burial, resurrection is for you. And so every morning I spend time in prayer with Jesus, just soaking in his love, reading scripture, actively praying, asking God to reveal to me the darkness of my heart so I can repent and he can change me and cleanse me. I mean, like, this goes back to you become grumpy. You become malnourished. And so therefore very hangry spiritually. And you want to blame everybody else when you don't feed yourself. And so I, I think that's where I want, to, I want to challenge you with that. Feed yourself. Jesus says, come to me, all you are hungry and feed, eat me. I mean, that, that's essentially what he's saying. Eat Jesus. And when your soul feeds on him, then you're completely restored. You're completely whole. And again, it takes time because, you know, here's the thing, whenever, back in the day, Remember concentration camps in uh, Germany? What would happen is they had to monitor how much people would eat because they could, you know, overstuff themselves and kill themselves because they didn't know how to eat. They didn't know how. And so there was this, uh, there's this reality, like there's a part of me that wants to kind of help you sort of walk through your time with the Lord. Cause you could, cause I think sometimes people are like, if I don't spend an hour with God, it doesn't even count. Just do like what people at the gym do, spend five minutes working out and then take a break, go home, come back the next day, spend more five, six minutes, do that with God's word. Do that with your prayer life, spend five minutes in prayer, then six minutes in prayer, take time to just kind of eat ease yourself into it. And I promise you, you're going to be so filled up that you're not going to notice the things of the flesh. Okay. Are you going to be sin free? No, but you're now going to have the, the spiritual meat filling you up that you're not looking for the escape. You're not looking for the temptation. Your eyes are trained on Jesus, not on the things of this world. Okay. I'm now I feel like I'm preaching. <laughs> no, it's okay. I think that's good. I mean, I, I think it just like, it reminds us this battle's never going to end. Yeah. It's just going to, it's it's just something that we deal with as humans. So yeah. you're not the only one. That's I just right. want to encourage yeah. you. I mean, that. listen, I think we all struggle, uh, keep your eyes on the prize. And so, but it's something you need to train and be focused on, put on that, uh, full armor of, um, the helmet of salvation, breast plate, breast plate of righteousness, belt of truth, feet shod with the gospel of truth. All right. All right. Thank you so much for uh, watching and listening uh, wherever you're getting your podcast. Please uh, subscribe. Please share uh, anything you do to keep the uh, podcast going out. We would love to um, just shower the world with God's love and grace and know that you are love, love, loved. And God has been very generous with you. So let's go be generous to others. Tune in next time uh, to find out where Jake and I and uh, all the rest of us on staff take our $300. And uh, I can't wait for that. I think we have to bring Aaron on to share that. It'll be pretty fun. Oh yeah. All right. So thanks for watching. Uh, text us if you have any more questions, 737-231-0605. Uh, thanks for watching. Have an awesome week. 